Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to episode 86 of Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, co-hosts Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to Your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Crew. Hey guys, so it's just me today and I'm going to talk to you guys about timelines a little bit um, because it's one of the things that um, I feel like you can do them really right and they can go a little crazy sometimes. Um, So yeah, it's just going to be me today doing a solo episode about timelines and um, yeah, I'm going to dive in. Um, Okay, so if you're thinking about your wedding timeline the way that I kind of like to explain it to people um, is you you almost want to like reverse engineer your day. And that's kind of how I work when um, when I'm working with my couples and we're trying to figure out like what your priorities are. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we've got enough time for everything. The biggest thing to do is to actually sit there and figure out, you know, once you have your ceremony and your reception times tentatively set even, you don't even have to have them set in stone yet. Um, but once you have those tentatively set, you can kind of figure out, okay, you know, if our, let's say that the ceremony is at four, um, and your reception is at six and, you know, everything's going to be really tight. Um, what can we get done before your ceremony? You know, if you're not opposed to a first look, is that something we can do? Um, if you're having a wedding party, are those some photos that we can take, um, you know, beforehand to kind of alleviate some of that stress in between. And you can even go as far as having some of your family formals done before the ceremony actually begins. Um, what I typically tend to recommend to people is if you get like immediate family. So if you have, you know, parents and um, siblings, anybody that you can grab beforehand, you don't necessarily have to grab like grandparents. Um, or like bigger groups too. You don't necessarily have to do those beforehand because then those people might have to kind of wait for a little bit um, before your ceremony begins. And you don't want to, especially if it's like outside or, you know, different factors like that, you don't really want to inconvenience people like that. But, um, you know, as many things as you can get done before, if you have a tight timeline in between, the better you're going to feel because then once that reception hits, it's just like, it's like a huge breath of fresh air. (laughs) And, um, you know, you can just enjoy yourselves and you don't have to think about like the fact that you have maybe an hour or 45 minutes and you're trying to cram all these different things in. Um, the nice thing about if your ceremony and reception are close and doing like a first look is it's almost like it's double the portraits too. So, um, let's say, you know, you do a first look, we grab some portraits. It's going to be a different time of day than the second time that we revisit those portraits. So what I usually recommend to people, depending on how early your first look is going to be, um, is to not do too many earlier in the day and um, unless you have a lot of shade or if it's going to be indoors then um, you know it might be a little different but if like let's say your first looks at like noon or one o'clock that sun is really really bright and 
it's not ideal for pictures. Usually if it's um, later in the day, the sun is a lot more flattering. Um, it just, it's, it's a lot more flattering and it's just a lot nicer light. So you're not squinting, um, you know, your wedding party, your family, they're not squinting too. Um, and we always seek out that shade. So there's always ways around it if, if that's our time and that's when we have to do it. But, you know, with an ideal timeline, we're not taking too many pictures beforehand if it's not later in the day. Um, we find time to do them later. And it's just, like I said, it's so nice because you have those portraits before, you have those portraits after. Sometimes people even go out a third time. Sometimes around like sunset, they grab that third set of pictures or nighttime. You might have three different looks to your photos and you don't really need a bunch of time um, to make that happen, you know, for everything. Your, your day's gonna start a little earlier just because you're gonna have those photos done. But the quality of time that you're going to have with your guests is amazing. It's it's truly amazing. And I've never heard anybody ever say, I've said it on the podcast before, um, but I've never heard anybody say that they regret doing a first look. So if you have, you should definitely email us um, because I'd love to hear why. But um, I've never heard that from any of my couples. I've never heard any of my couples say that they regret having a first look, doing a first look, anything to do with a first look because... You just get to actually spend quality time with your guests. And if you're thinking about, you know, at some point you have to greet your guests. And if you're trying to do that in between and it's a really tight ceremony and reception, that cuts your time in half. So if you have 45 minutes to take family formals, portraits of the two of you, wedding party photos, oh, and you're doing, you know, a receiving line, you're you're going to have zero time. I mean, you're just going to, your time is going to run out. It's impossible. Um, I can definitely say that you know, nine years in that, um, that you can't fit it all in. And if for some reason you do, you're gonna, you know, everything's going to be so tight. Um, you're not going to have a ton of portraits. You're not going to have a ton of anything really. And, um, from my experience too, there's always family members that they, they don't know when they're supposed to show up for pictures or somebody leaves and they're supposed to be there and you have to find them. And it just, it never runs as smoothly as you think it's going to. Um, so you want that extra time. You want that extra padding in there for everything. So, um, yeah. So my next talking point is, um, you know, if you have a big gap in between your ceremony and your reception, there's ways around that too. There's, there's ways to, um, give you like the optimal amount of time to take your pictures. And I know like for people, a big fear is that, um, you know, what are your guests going to do in between? And I rarely, rarely, rarely hear where guests are upset if they have a time, you know, kind of like a huge time chunk in between. So if, um, I'm just trying to think like, so the best, the best scenario for this that I can think of is if, um, you have like a church and they, let's say that they have like a noon or like a one o'clock time that you have to start for everything. I feel like that's, that's pretty standard around here for everything. So if they have really set times, you know, your wedding's going to be at a church, then, um, you, you know, you might not start your reception until like six and like everybody always freaks out. Like, what are we going to do in between? And 
it honestly, it's not as much time as you think. And I know that that sounds insane, um, but it's really not. Because if you think about a church wedding, most church weddings are 45 minutes to an hour for the ceremony. They're, they're a lot longer in, you know, from what I normally see, um, you know, versus if somebody's doing a ceremony in their reception at the same location. Those typically, you know, are 15 to 20 minute ceremonies. They're they're right there in this, you know, maybe the, the front lawn, the back lawn, you know, indoors somewhere that's kind of similar, um, you know, to where the reception is going to be that ballroom. So it's a lot different. I feel like when you're at a church, um, times are longer. A lot of people will, you know, they'll they'll want to do like a bubble exit or, um, you know, ribbon ones or something, too. So. You think about if it's an hour long, let's say it's an hour long and it starts at one, it's going to go till two. And then by the time all of those guests get out of the church, you're going to have to decide, are we doing a receiving line? Um, You know, just so it's done. Are you going to do an exit? Um, You know, which of those things are going to happen? Um, So after you kiss and you walk down the aisle, you're going to have to, you know, obviously you'd figure this out beforehand, but you know, what, what do you envision happening? So let's say that it's just the bubbles. You're still going to have to kind of hide in a side room while everybody files out. And it's going to take everybody about five to 10 minutes to just get out of the church, get lined up, have those bubbles in hands, be ready to go. Um, so that puts us at 210 and then you're going to do your exit and then you're going to go into family formals. Um, family formals, they take about a half hour to do, um, depending on how many groups you want. And what I normally recommend is, um, you want the standard, you know, immediate family ones. You want to break those down and do parents, you know, you want to break those down and do siblings, grandparents, um, once you start getting into cousins and aunts and uncles and, um, you know, work friends, those are the ones where I recommend let's get those at the reception because they don't have to be formal. They don't have to be like this huge lighting setup, all this craziness that we do. You know, everybody's perfect and they're turned the right way. They can be more casual. So um, those are the ones where I recommend let's do those at the reception. So, okay, so let's say you kiss and you're getting ready to walk back down the aisle and you're thinking again about, you know, what do we want to do? And you're leaning towards, let's do receiving line. Let's get all of those out of the way. Um, What I would suggest then is you're going to kiss. You're going to walk to the very end of the church and all of your guests are going to file out and they're going to, you know, say, give you hugs and, you know, have the well wishes and everything that they're going to give you. And, um depending on how many guests that you have, that might be 20 to 30 minutes of your time. So that's going to already put you a little bit past 2.30. And then you're going to roll into, again, those family formals. And like I said, this is kind of thinking, what did I say? One o'clock for your ceremony. It's an hour long. Um, You know, reception starts at six o'clock. So um, if, if you're going to do all those family formals, and, you know, get everything done. That's going to put you about, I don't know, 240-ish or so um, for everything. And if you did do something like bubbles and then go into, um, you know, everything too after that, um, it's probably going to put you more like almost three o'clock-ish for everything. So you're already, you know, two hours into your timeline if, if you want to fit all, you know, all the things into everything. Um 
And then you still need to do, you know, portraits of the two of you. You still need to do wedding party um, for everything. So if if you're getting introduced at like six o'clock, you're not doing too bad. You're really not doing too bad. Your guests will always find something to do. They'll go out to lunch. They'll go out to drinks. Um, you know, if it's if it's in the summer, like it's a nice day. People are just they're just going to walk around. They're just going to kind of take it easy for everything. So um, I always feel like if you've got a big gap and people expect it, that's okay. It's just the, you know, like I said, if you if you have your ceremony and your reception and they're super, super close together and you expect all those things to happen and then your guests are waiting for an, you know, a long time and they actually weren't supposed to, I feel like that's when people get upset. But if people can anticipate that, you know, oh, there's a three-hour gap in between, They'll, they'll go out for for lunch and drinks they'll you know they'll go someplace they it's not it's not a big deal like you don't have anything to worry about um so yeah the the nice thing is then you have a good chunk of time to take your pictures so um you can go to a couple different spots or you know you can spend the bulk of your time at one spot um, you're going to get a lot of quality photos at that time you're going to have you're going to feel very relaxed and um, you can even drive someplace, you know, that might be a little bit of a distance because you have the advantage of time and not everybody has that. So um, sometimes what people will do, too, is, you know, they might go to two spots for photos. They might be a little bit farther away. But like I said, you have the luxury of time. So you can get all the photos you want and all the spots that you want. And um you don't necessarily have to do a first look too when you have a big gap in between because you know that you're going to have all of that time too. So, um, you know, if your ceremony is at one, your photographer might be getting there at 10, 11 o'clock, um, you know, for everything. And they might be done, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So um, you're going to get everything captured in that amount of time. There's no reason for you to do a first look. There's no reason for you to do those family formals beforehand for everything too. Um a lot of people go to a bar. If you've got a huge amount of time in between, go to a bar because you'd be surprised the amount of time that you get to spend with your wedding party is, is a tiny, tiny amount on a regular day. So when you have more of a time gap in between, um, you get to spend it with your friends. I mean, you can just go and have drinks and like hang out with your friends and people are always so happy and like thankful to have that time. And that's just downtime that you guys can have where your photographer doesn't need to be photographing. You can absolutely have them there. They can absolutely be photographing. There's a lot of fun bar shots that we can get. Um, but I tend to just kind of put my feelers out and see like, Hey, do you guys want to keep going or do you want to break? Because usually by that point, you know, you've had your long ceremony, you've had, you know, if you've done the receiving line, you've done the bubble exit, you've done, you know, portraits at possibly two different places, um, you know, and then sometimes people just get to a bar and they're like, I'm tired. Like, I just want to like hang out for a little bit because, you know, once that reception hits, you've got to be on and you've got to be ready again. Um and that's no problem at all. If people just want to chill, um, that's an amazing time for me to go and actually get details of your reception. Like, and I'm talking like centerpieces, cake, the full room before the guests get there, um, anything that you can imagine. Because this is another thing to think about too, is that you're not you're not going to see the room set up before you get there. When you actually are introduced into the room, most of my couples have, you know. They don't know what to expect. They don't know how things look. And 
um, you know, you've got guests putting purses and coats and, you know, things are everywhere and you still get that feel for how it looks, but just the drama of seeing the space kind of as it was designed is really, really amazing. Um, and I always tell my couples too, if you've ever thought about being published, you absolutely need those shots too, because if you're ever looking on like the knot and wedding wire and green wedding shoes and, you know, all of those big places, um, their blogs are usually about 80% details, 20% people. Um, so that's something to keep in mind too with your timeline. If you want it to be more detail oriented, if you um, want us to, sometimes people almost want us equally to focus on the details as much as the people. Um, and that's great to know because I will photograph everything as much as I can um, just because I know that too. So, um, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. And kind of my last point, um, the thing that I touched on a little bit with portraits is, you know, sunset and nighttime photos. Um, your photographer should already help you with that. They should already have knowledge behind that. Um, but if they don't, um, usually two hours before sunset is an ideal time. Um, just lighting wise, it looks a lot nicer. If you kind of, if you like look out your window and you ever notice, you know, that time of day, it's just, it's really yellow. It's just, the light's softer. It's more beautiful out. It's not as harsh. Um, the shadows aren't crazy. And um, yeah, it's just a beautiful time of day. So, um, you know, you can work with your photographer to figure out exactly how much time that you need for portraits. Um, when is an ideal time to be pulled away? If you have that two hours before sunset, if you absolutely want sunset in your photos, um, depending on if there's a lot of trees, you know, what's going on, if you're going to actually see the sun hit the water um, or hit the land, it'll be right at sunset that you need to go out there a couple minutes before, obviously. Um, but if not, it might be a half hour before um, to get that beautiful light, to get that sky that looks amazing for everything. So that's something your photographer can help you with. Um, but it can look beautiful just because it's a different time of day. It's my favorite day to time of day to photograph um, just because the light is so different than whenever we photographed you beforehand. And um, yeah, if you want to totally switch things up, do everything at night. So you're going to want to start about a half hour after the sun, quote unquote, sets. Um, like I said, it's going to depend on trees and everything else when that actually looks like outside for you guys. Um, but that time of day is really cool too, because we can add some drama. We can add some light. Um, I just recently did, um, a couple and they were smoking cigars. So we like stole them away. They had a cigar bar. Um, we lit them. It's a totally different portrait than all of their day stuff, obviously, because it's super dark out. It's got a lot of drama. Um, and it was really, really cool. So, um, that's something you can kind of coordinate with your photographers and figure out, you know, what, what are your priorities is basically what you need to figure out. What, what do you want a lot of portraits? What time of day do you want portraits? Um, you know, go on Pinterest and see what you're drawn to for everything. And then build your timeline around that before you get too caught up in the details with your timeline. And then that way, you're not looking back on your day. You're not regretting, oh, I wish we had more time to do this. Oh, I wish we had, you know, done this differently, whatever it may be. Um, and then that way, yeah, you're just, you're going to look back on your day and, it's going to be exactly what you want. It's going to be amazing. So I hope that helps you guys. Have a great day. Photo timeline tips from the master herself. Even though I wasn't in this week's episode, I really enjoyed listening to Lindsay talk about something that she knows so much about and she is so passionate about. And I hope you did too. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. 
We know that there are so many podcasts out there and we are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Make sure to rate and subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single amazing episode. Like next week's episode where we learn about a totally unique and awesome event called Bridal Wars. Imagine the best bachelorette party ever crossed with the Ninja Warrior TV show and you might come close, but you'll have to tune in to get the full scoop. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.